At this time, I'd like to invite uh, Cheryl Dick back. And uh, if you can line up for the mic at the back, I'll stay up here and uh, try and keep control. <laughs> of them or me? <laughs> I had some feedback at my table that was helpful. They thought I should be a little more enthusiastic, that maybe I was a little too calm. <laughs> if uh, no one is asking questions yet, I suppose I could uh, be allowed one question. Uh, my question would be to Shell: uh, Is Lethbridge uh, encouraging green energy to be part of the landscape? Sure, I'm happy to answer that. Um, <coughs> economic Development Lethbridge partnered with uh, two regional economic development alliances that called South Grow in Alberta Southwest in 2005, and we formed something called the Southern Alberta Alternative Energy Partnership. That partnership is focused specifically on the economic development opportunities with green energy. So the attraction of wind, solar, and bioenergy businesses and related production. So we're looking at it from uh, the economic stimulation that can come through green energy. There's also organizations in this region like the Southern Alberta Group for the Environment and the Southern Alberta uh, Center for Environmental Education that are all kind of looking at different aspects of this opportunity. And I think that we're probably at the point where we need to uh, bring those things together and create a bit more of a critical mass so that we can engage the broader region and the broader community in figuring out how to anchor those things in into our, our region. I think there's so much interest in it, and yet our political forces, uh, provincially in particular, aren't um, necessarily investing in it at the same level that we would like to see, uh, we being our region, not just economic development Lethbridge. So there is a lot of opportunity there. We're also working with the college um, on a wind energy cluster action plan. So from a cluster development perspective, we're looking at ways to work with more companies and more businesses um, in adding to the wind energy uh, portfolio that we have in, in this area. So there are some things going on. Uh, in terms of critical mass, though, I think it's a bit diluted, and so if we can bring some more emphasis to it, I think we could, we could grow that area even more. Um, Austin Fennell here. Hello, Austin. Hi. Good presentation, Cheryl. Thank, Thank you. you. Lots of energy you put into it. Don't leave that table. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions. One, I think um, that this is essentially uh, located, uh, Lethbridge is in an agricultural belt, heavily so, and it uh, needs to pay attention to that agricultural base. If you were to project what this city needs to develop, in terms of support to that agricultural community, what would uh, one of the two suggestions you'd want to make about that? Second question has to do that economic development sometimes doesn't want to consider the place of the arts. And yet, I hear political types saying that if there was a new theater in the city, it would be of an economic advantage to the city. Now, where are you going to speak on that one? Sure, sure. Oh, two easy topics. Thanks, Austin. <laughs> Um, 
So on the agriculture uh, situation, first of all, um, the feedback we've had from the agricultural producers in this region is the biggest pressure that's on them right now is rising costs. And costs that are coming through regulatory changes, um, the country of origin labeling that the United States has been talking about uh, placing on all food products that would be going into the U.S., could increase costs significantly for our livestock producers. And you look at the other regula- regulatory changes that are happening because of food safety, good good reasons for a lot of them, but it's cutting into their opportunity to expand. And so I think that as a region and as a community, we need to be uh, supportive of the agriculture businesses in helping um, moderate some of the momentum that gets built up for keeping control on how they do business and what that looks like. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have good, reasonable regulations, but I think some of those things are causing a lot of pressure on their bottom line. And what happens as a result of that is that they start to sell to corporate farms and you lose that community sense and influence that you can have as well. So I think our hog industry around here has been very much impacted by this. I know I know three or four hog producers who've gotten out of that business in the last couple of years because of that, sold to big corporate farms, and, and that starts to change the landscape a lot. And uh, I think our, our efforts in that area is important. So hopefully that helps on that one. And then... Uh, the other one, um, the Board of Economic Development Lethbridge actually has uh, a arts and culture representative, a sports and recreation representative, um, an environmental rep- representative, and so we have uh, some influence from around that. We have been working with the Allied Arts Council and talking to them about trying to quantify the economic impact of the arts in Lethbridge because we do believe it's a substantial part of our community. And but because artists tend to work independently and they get spread out outside of being connected with the university or some of that area, you don't really get a sense of the complete value of it. And so we're very interested in that because I, I personally do believe it's a significant part of both the quality of life here and the economics of uh, Lethbridge. So we'll see how that evolves. Uh, but our board is is interested in it. It's not really a priority in the current three-year plan, uh, but we'll see how that plays out in the next one. My name is Van Christou. Uh, Cheryl, thanks very much for bringing uh, to us such a clear and concise picture of of economic development in the city. We talked at our table about uh, living in the best part of the province of Alberta, but we do really live in the province of Alberta. Mm -hmm a province where our last premier said he hadn't done any planning for 10 years. And uh, we have a a premier who is a member of that cabinet who never objected to that non-planning for 10 years. So I can't see very much change happening there. How can planning locally uh, fit into a picture where there's no planning provincially? And how do you see the responsibility of local planning here in Lethbridge uh, in perhaps uh, lighting a fire under the provincial government and getting some planning done long-term for the entire province that we can fit into and work toward that that would be the benefit of not only Lethbridge but the entire province, like the infrastructure and transportation and so on. You talked about an airport. 
You know, we used to have a good dayliner here that took us to Calgary in less time than it takes to go up to the airport and fly to Calgary and then drive downtown. Mm -hmm. And we've lost that. Uh, do we really need a bigger airport? How about a high-speed train to Calgary? Mm -hmm. uh, so how about some provincial uh, planning? And how is your responsibility in terms of getting to the provincial government to get that done? Yeah. Thanks. Um, first of all, uh, just on the high-speed train thing really quickly, I can tell you that the economics of a high-speed train aren't working in an analysis that was done between Tampa Bay and Orlando, Florida. So if you can't make a high-speed train work from two dense populations like that, I'm not quite sure how it would end up working in a in a region like ours without that kind of population. So I think we just have to be uh, cautious about what we ask for because that would end up costing us all probably all of the money that we earn. <laughs> but uh, besides that, I do think that local planning is more important than ever. And the reason why I say that is you are seeing provincial and federal governments download money and responsibility to municipalities more and more all the time. So that's why I'm so encouraging of people participating in this municipal development plan because I think we're going to see more of that kind of decision-making where the province is going to say, we're going to send $5 million out to you as a municipality so you can figure out how to handle this. And if we don't have a good plan, we're not going to know how to use that money wisely. So that's the first thing that I, I think is important. Secondly, under the current provincial government, I have seen a couple more long-term plans. The one that I'll uh, use as an example, I think that Minister Doug Horner is doing a good job in Alberta um, Advanced Education and Technology. He has created a long-term plan for colleges and universities. He's also created a long-term plan for developing new businesses in high-tech fields because uh, that's an area Alberta is uh, low in and uh, I think he's got a good long-term plan there. In terms of infrastructure, you know, sometimes it takes a crisis to create a change in attitude and I think the current economic change and the dramatic nature of that is uh, causing them to have to look at their infrastructure planning and spending a lot more. When you have a lot of money in the bank, and I think that's been the scenario for the last little while, uh, they could just fund a project project would come forward, we'll fund it, and it's done. Now you can't do that. When your budget is tighter, you've got to figure out where your priorities are. And so I would expect that they are going to be forced to do more long-term planning in an economic environment like this. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks very much for your presentation. It was really nice to see. Uh, my name is Susan Pollock, and I'm very happy to be a citizen of Lethbridge. But I do have frustrations as a working parent sometimes that there's not the infrastructure here for recreation that there are in other centers. Mm. And uh, I guess my question to you is, is Economic Development Lethbridge involved in working towards improving infrastructure in Lethbridge in regards to recreation, so things like multiplexes? How does that help us attract and maintain um, qualified labor force in the city, and how does it help us attract things like tournaments and and other <clears throat> excuse me um, other events that will bring money into the city? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Susan. Uh, no, uh, right now economic development Lethbridge isn't kind of hands on in moving a recreation agenda uh, forward. Over the last few years, the addition of the wellness center at the university, the new football stadium that's going in over there, the changes to the NMAX center, there's been some investment in some major projects. But I think the shortage of um, ice rinks 
is this perpetual problem that I started hearing about five or six years ago that comes up all the time. And I haven't heard of a solution that's on the books right now outside of the Lethbridge exhibition in their plans for the development that they'd like to do in relocation uh, had talked about that being a possibility of something that would fit with their direction as well. So I don't have um, an answer on that in that it's not really our area of, of focus. Um, it is something we talk about when we talk about quality of life and moving here. So having those things, I think, is important. But where it fits into the scheme of things, I don't, I can't really comment on. Thanks, Cheryl. My name is Tom Kane, and I, <clears throat> speaking on behalf of our table, I'd like to correct the misperception that <laughs> we did not congratulate you. We congratulate you for a very articulate. Uh, presentation, but we did it with a bit tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> so our table loved your presentation. Um, there were, were two of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. But there were three of us. <laughs> it, it's unanimous. It's unanimous. Three, three Excellent. Three. Good. Um, we uh, asked some very good questions, we think, during lunch and got some very good answers. So I'd like this one's rehearsed a little bit because you, you gave a fine answer to this. Uh, the preamble would be it's a, a green question. And sometimes we think, when you talk green, some people say, oh, yeah, but it was too expensive or it wouldn't work economically. But I heard a YouTube presentation uh, by a, a man by the name of uh, Bill Clinton, and he was talking to the Saudis about how they could create a trillion-dollar industry. You know, I loved your millions of dollars that are being spent at the university, but what about a trillion dollars in southern Alberta on green energy? Like uh, 30 years ago, I wrote a letter to the editor, and people laughed. And I said, you know, we should have green power with all this green energy down here. And now we have green turbines and so on. And, and yes, there are some problems with them, but they can be improved. So 30 years later, if, if the provincial government only done some good long-range planning, and as Van said, well, there hasn't been any planning for 10 years uh, or more, then... I like the idea that you were – I said, how would a fly trying to get the premier to really invest in green in the south because it's dirty enough in the north? Uh, why not green south and black north? <laughs> well, you don't have to badmouth the black north, although we did that a few weeks ago with a talk on the tar sands, uh, and that filled the place down here. So let's fill southern Alberta with green thinking. What did the premier say when – and who brought it uh, to his attention from Lethbridge? There was some discussion, but I think it needs more attention. And do we have any money left in the Heritage Fund? Why couldn't we invest some of the money in the Heritage Fund as an alternative to um, tar sands, black sands? Okay. Thanks. Um, the, uh, we did, when we went up to Edmonton with Team Lethbridge, there were 12 organizations that partnered in that, and we met with 20 of the 24 departments in the government, uh, including the Premier. And so we did talk a bit about the Southern Alberta Alternative Energy Partnership and the idea of more green uh, emphasis in the South so that, that that could help the province with its uh, public relations problem right now of the perception of Alberta having dirty oil. If they, if they were to really uh, incentivize and uh, advocate for green development in the South, that that would help them with their story. Uh, when we were there was just before they were coming out with the new 20-year strategy that they've released on climate change management. And I haven't had a chance to study that to the depth that I'd like yet, but you know, the Premier kind of said, well, that's going to be uh, coming out in this report and, and we'll see where that goes. 
Having said that, I think the partners in the Southern Alberta Alternative Energy Partnership have done some work over the last two years that really does demonstrate this region has the natural resources, the inputs, and the access to market that make green energy development very reasonable and feasible. Uh, we have the wind, we have the sun, and we have the crops and the bio to help with biofuels and bio um, other types of bioenergy. So that story just has to be told with more emphasis, and that's a bit about what we were talking about and how I said we're kind of fragmented right now. You know, there's little bits and pieces going on. But I think that collectively that opportunity is one we need to um, – talk more about and get together on, and we're doing some things in that direction. But if there are others who are interested in that, uh, raising that public will will help with that story. How do we get people um, saying, put some, put some effort into this down here, and you'll help your own case? And in this case, I think that's true. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for your presentation. My name is Brooke Cully, and <clears throat> I was thinking... Uh, about agriculture and growing up in Lethbridge, it, uh, I was always told that when farmers did really well, ranchers didn't do so good, and when yeah, it does and seem vice versa, yeah. not balanced out. <laughs> and that brings me to my question of agri agrifuels and agri foods. And I believe that in the future, we're going to have to make a strong distinction between whether our crops growing around here are biofuels <clears> or <throat> food. <clears throat> I'm wondering if economic development has, is taking an approach as to getting behind one or the other and not both, because I think that choice will have to be made in the future. And to me, it seems like we're in very heavily involved in the food, and the biofuels is going to be something in the short term, but the food will be the long-term vision. No, oh, that's interesting. Thank you. Um, we have an economic development Lethbridge uh, is primarily focused on the city of Lethbridge. So we don't have as much of an agriculture focus as uh, areas, economic development alliances like South Grow and Alberta Southwest. Having said that, we have a contract with the county of Lethbridge, so we are a bit more informed on it now than we would have been three years ago because three years ago we didn't do any of the surrounding area. It was strictly city-focused. Uh, I think that um, we have not taken a position because as an economic development organization, our focus is on how do we grow the economy primarily. And uh, that means that if a businessman has a good idea, a business person has a good idea uh, for developing a business, we help them regardless of what that necessarily looks like and haven't gotten into the um, definitions of what's right and wrong. Uh, and to this point, I don't think that's where our board is at, uh, but, you know, that could change down the road. So we haven't made that distinction, and it'll be interesting to see the continuing debate as it plays out. Thanks. Any other questions? If not, I have, a, I have one, actually, or two. I, you said <coughs> you had one. <laughs> uh, I wonder if you could comment a little bit more on the airport. And uh, a year ago, there was a lot of talk about a third bridge in mm -hmm. Lethbridge. I wonder if you could comment, is there any connection between the airport and the third bridge? And could you comment yeah. a little bit on that? Um, the third bridge issue, first of all, is uh, we haven't been involved with that very much as economic development. Lethbridge outside of participating in the forums that the city was doing on, and so on. Um, I will tell you that given the current financial perspective of the provincial government, it's not on their current three to five-year capital plan, and without provincial support, that bridge is not 
going to happen. So I don't know in the short term whether that's, uh, I think that may even just be sitting on the back burner for a while now. Um, the airport's not really related to that. We haven't been looking at it from that context. Um, the uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background. So we did an economic impact study on the airport uh, two and a half years ago that showed that the airport, the businesses that operate on the airport land, as well as the traffic that flows through the airport, uh, generate about $210 million in economic value to this region uh, through the people who live here and all of that. So there's some, some real economic strengths of having an airport and, and keeping it strong. Uh, our airport, though, the regional airport here, is the only regional airport in Western Canada that has seen a decline in passengers since deregulation in 1998. And what's happened is that the county has done a very good job of maintaining the infrastructure of the airport. Our runway uh, can handle jets. We're a second runway to Calgary. If you can't fly in in Calgary with a full-size jet and they've got a weather problem, they divert to Lethbridge. So the capacity and the strengths of our airport are excellent from an infrastructure perspective. But there was no marketing done of the airport since 1998. So it kind of had a couple of startup efforts and things that came and went, but nothing has stuck. And so we worked uh, with the county to do a business case uh, to demonstrate to the airlines the potential uh, air service options that might serve here. And what our business case told us is that there is potential for an east-west service as a transcontinental airport rather than a regional airport. So regional airport's just this little bunny hop back and forth to Calgary. Transcontinental means that it would be a Vancouver example, a Vancouver, Abbotsford, Lethbridge, Hamilton, or Toronto you know, something like that. Because what what it showed was 80%, approximately 80% of the traffic that flies from Lethbridge to Calgary is actually going east or west. Um, most people are driving to Calgary if they're only going to Calgary. Now, we could put on a big campaign to show how it's probably more financially beneficial to fly to Calgary than to drive to Calgary. But in reality, most people are probably not going to make that choice, and we believe the market's there to add some service that would go east-west. So that's kind of the uh, focus over the next two years. It's one of those things I, I caution on this all the time. Airport development is very slow. Airlines, despite the fact they're making uh, big decisions, they make them very slowly. So we're looking at an 18 to 24 to 36 month window. I don't want everybody thinking we're going to have new service next week. But I do think that we've got a good case. I think we've got the infrastructure. And I think we've got the will. The county has now asked the city to enter into partnership discussions so that the city will help fund some marketing uh, for the airport. And that discussion is happening now and looking at a new governance model. So if all of that happens, I think over the next few months, you'll see more and more talk about what the airport potential is here. Last chance for another question. It looks like you're off the hook. Thank you. Thank Thanks you very so much. much for coming. Thank you.